you, you kind of make your plans and you start walking and you may run into a roadblock and turn right. And then you go down that road and you just keep, you know, but you're not, you'll never know until you get out there and start walking. If you're a professional singer, want to know how to turn singing into a career, or simply love to hear stories from singers on the road, then The Working Singer is the podcast for you. I chat with pro singers about how they make a creative living in the music business, lending their talent to stars like Enrique Iglesias, The Killers, Elvis Costello, and more. They share life lessons, business advice, and how they make a living when they're off the road. We'll also discuss vocal health, technique, performance, coaching, and pretty much all things vocal. Elevate your approach to your singing career, get enlightened about what the pros do, and be inspired with new ideas that you can make your own. My name is Jamila Ford, and this is the Working Singer Podcast. Welcome, 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 everybody. I am so excited that you are here. We have a great show for you today. I try to create value for you every time out, and I think this is going to be just just extra. <laughs> we just got an extra show for you today. Lots of resources, lots of golden advice. I am so excited for you to hear all of it. So this week, I went to a community reboot event that I want to tell you about. And on my last episode, um, episode 14, with Genevieve Goings, we talked about meeting at um, a community reboot event and I got to know her there and we'd kept in touch and you know I interviewed her for last week's show after the show aired there was um, another event at that Linda Perry spoke at and you know I love Linda Perry I'm a huge fan of hers um, I love everything that she has to say I probably know more about her message uh, to be quite honest than than her music um, you know, I, I know I knew the the hit with Four Non Blondes and all of that. And I know she's, you know, she's done a lot of collaborating since then and has been a sought after producer. But I've um, mostly just paid attention to, you know, her interviews and and her perspective, and, which I really respect. And and um, I just think she's a fantastic uh, human being and a, and a great example of somebody who's uh, so uh, well realized you know, as a human being, she has a, she has an opinion and she has a stance and she has, um, she has goals and she has, she's just, you know, putting out, I, I love people who put out value into the world and they just see what they can contribute. And she is somebody who does that. So she spoke at the event and, um, it was just really inspiring to, um, to listen to her, to everything she had to say. That was a whole, the whole panel was great. Um, so if you guys are interested in going to any of their events, uh, their website is Community Reboot, R-E-B-O-O-T, uh, dot com. And you can find them on Instagram and Twitter. And the handle is at Community Reboot. But they um, provide um, just information and opportunities for women to uh, participate more Um we're not even participate more. We, we participate a ton, but, you know, have more respect in, in the industry and, and be recognized as producers and engineers and songwriters. And, you know, we make a big contribution. So, um, you know, they're putting a spotlight on that, which which I really I really appreciate and admire. Um, so, yeah, I hope to see you at one of those events. They're fantastic. This is the second one I've been to. They've had several and it's kind of a new um 
and you think, and they had breakfast, which is fabulous. I love showing up somewhere and being fed. <laughs> That's great. Free food. <laughs> they had a nice spread. I, I wish I knew where the food was from. It was very good, but... Um, you know, that's just a nice thing. And that shows you're thinking about people. If you, you know, you're thinking about the fact that they need to be hydrated, caffeinated and fed. So, um, just a little, a, a little, uh, resource for me to you. So today's guest is Gerald White. He is, you know, aside from being a very kind and compassionate human being, Um, He is one of the most successful and in-demand studio singers and vocal coaches in Los Angeles. Um, You've heard his voice everywhere. You've heard it in Glee. You've heard it in Toy Story, The Simpsons, Avatar, just to name a few. Very extensive list of credits. Um, So on this episode, we talked, it was just a great conversation. Got so much out of it. You know, I'm getting so much out of all these conversations, but this is, this was really great, you know, just to hear Gerald's perspective. I've taken his sight singing class. You know, he's really bringing um, so many people together with his class. You know, we're all making friends. We're making relationships with each other. Um, you know, I have some genuine um, friendships because of that class. And I'm, you know, I'm just really grateful for it. And I think I've attended it twice. It's in the middle of the week, so I, I couldn't always go. But I, you know, I look forward to going back. Anyway, um, So we talk about, um, you know, advice that he almost did not follow that led to his thriving career as a session singer. I know that we sometimes have, you know, just kind of like a a narrow view of what we want to do. We've got that thing we want to do, and it's so great to be focused, but we have to balance that, I guess, with being open, you know, because other opportunities will present themselves. And, you know, you always have to weigh that. You always have to make sure you're not going to be distracted, taken off the path, waylaid, you know, set back in any way, you know, we're all trying to avoid that, but we certainly do have to, um, remain open. And that's, that's, um, it just requires some wisdom, you know, and that just happens over time. So, you know, there are a lot of things that happened in his life that he's really, um, that are really notable that he almost didn't do because he was very focused on going to be session singer, session singer, session singer. And, um, so once he sort of did the thing that he didn't exactly want to do, it was still singing, but it wasn't what he'd moved to L.A. for. Um, that is when the session singing career really started to kick off. So it's just interesting how that thing that you really want to do um, just doesn't take the doesn't come to you in the way that you think it's going to. Um, so it does speak to really I mean just the word I keep saying staying open remaining open you know we talk about that and we talk about his philosophy on the value of teaching Um, he gives a great resource uh, for learning how to teach basically so we talk a bit about that and it's it's the resource that he used um, to become the fantastic teacher that he is so I'm so excited about this interview and without further ado Gerald White Gerald, thank you so much, and um, welcome to the show. I really appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you for asking me. I appreciate it. Yeah, nice. So um, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Yazoo City, small town in Mississippi. Mm. Um, Very, like, we had one stoplight. It was that small. And so I stayed there through college and Mm -hmm. then went to college at a local college there and then moved out to L.A. after that. Hmm. And what was it like, uh, what was music life 
life like growing up? Was your family musical at all or? Yes, they were. Where my mom and my dad both were. My brothers weren't too much, but um, my mom and dad both sang and played. And it was all, my background is in church. Mm-hmm. So I cut my teeth. I learned to play piano and sing and pretty much everything in church until um, college. Mm. And it was like a huge part of our, you know, I can't imagine growing up there without it. You know, there's, there's a good and bad to everything, but it was such a good influence for us and mm-hmm. kind of what we did all during the week. There were all kinds of programs and stuff that we were involved in. And when did you, uh, did you always want to, I guess, be a singer or be a musician? I did. I, my mom said I was crawling on the bench at like three and mm. pl- playing stuff I had heard on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, so I played more by ear all that time. Mm-hmm. But then when I got into elementary school and junior high, I used to hear on the TV, the commercials. Like I remember one specific, like the theme song, the happy days, Sunday, Monday, you know, yeah. and I would hear all that stuff and I would tell my mom, I want to do that. I want to do that. Or I'd hear the commercials mm. singing in the commercials back when they were like full songs. And mm. I said, mom, I want to do that. And she was like, well, what, what, what is that? I mean, it's, it's mm. obviously singing. I didn't know what they called it. I didn't know it was called session singing or anything or where mm. you did it. Mm-hmm. I just knew that was what I wanted to do was specifically to sing kind of behind the scenes, not be the star, but just, mm. you know, sing on projects like that. Yeah. And then what um, college did you end up going to? Well, I went to um, MC, which is Mississippi College. It's a private, it was a private Christian school back there. Mm. Wow. Um, studied classical piano. Stayed there for five years and got a degree in classical piano Mm. and then um, moved to L.A. to to study at Grove School, which is where Mm. I studied jazz and commercial music Mm. and stayed there a year and then moved back to Nashville to get into the whole uh, Christian music scene. Mm. And and it was so interesting. I was listening to Connor's uh, interview that you did with him. Mm. It was sort of the same situation. I ended up going through, you know, the movie Boy Erased. No. It's a movie that's out. That's a whole sort of de-gaying program. Oh, wow. Um, so I went through that because I was planning on breaking in the industry in Nashville, which is very kind of Christian based. But mm-hmm. so ended up not going that route. But that's. Mm. So I went, I went on the road with a rock band for a while. I went on the road with a country band for a while. This was all after all my studies in college and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then ended back up in LA um, in 1992. Mm. Yeah. So I came back. I, I wasn't having any luck back in the South as far mm-hmm. as music. So mm-hmm. I had a friend out here who said, you know, come back out here. You can live with our family and just try to break in the business. So I moved back out here and tried to start this whole journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's an interesting one. And I got, I, I think my first job honestly was a church job. Mm-hmm. I was in a church job on the weekend. I was playing the bars on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I was waiting tables. And I remember one of the guys at the church, um, early on who knew I wanted to get into session work said, you know, it's going to take you 10 years 
in my head, you know, I've come from this small town. And when you come from a small town and you're talented, you're sort of the thing, you know? Right. Yeah. And so I, in my head, I'm like, no, nah, it's not going to take me that long. I'll be, I'll be in in a year is what I'm thinking. Well, he was actually right. It took about 10 full years for me to completely break in to doing session mm. work, which is what I really wanted to do. Mm. So I was doing all those, you know, those odd jobs. I, I taught fifth grade in South Central for eight years. Really? Mm -hmm. wow. What was that like? Oh my God, that was, it was hard. It was, it was very rewarding. I mean, kids are so much fun, but it was hard. I didn't know, you know, here I am from the South and kind of green and, you know, I'm right in the middle of the inner city with kids mm -hmm. that have, a lot of them that have come off the streets and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that, that was a hard experience, but very rewarding. And, you know, you learn a lot about yourself and it, you can't beat working with kids, I think, in that mm -hmm. capacity. So during all that time, you know, that was probably an eight year period, not including um, when I was in school out here, mm -hmm. that I did all of these things I, waiting to get into the session world. Like I, I was, I didn't know how to do it. I had mm. found this with a little black book that they used to have. Mm -hmm. And um, they, uh oh, sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I, I, <laughs> I, found, I found this little black book that they had that would um, show all the contractors that were in the, you know, in the area that were hiring. Mm -hmm. And I contacted all these contractors and I contacted all the jingle companies and I sent out, this was back when we were sending out cassette tapes. Right. And for years I sent cassette tapes and tried to get people to hire me through my demo and not realizing that's not how that happens. Mm -hmm. So, you know, still plugging along, doing all these other things. I wasn't saying yes, Jamila, to the right opportunities because I would, something would come along and I would tell myself, this is not what I came here to do. I'm not going to do that. You know, an example, an example would be like the sight singing classes. At the time, I was playing for one of the colleges out there. There was an Occidental College. I was playing for one of the voice teachers' classes. Mm -hmm. And she said, you need to go take this sight singing class. Well, in my head, I'm like, I don't need sight singing. I have two degrees. You know, why should I go do that? So I put it off for a while and then realized, you know, I've been here all these years doing all these other jobs, mm. but not doing what I came to do. Yeah. So I went and joined after at the time you couldn't just, um, join. I joined after before they merged because oh, remember after and SAG were split apart. Mm -hmm. So, and when I joined after it was like $1,600 at the time, which I didn't really have. Mm -hmm. But I got in this class, and ironically, the guy that was teaching the class at the time, Stan Farber, was the voice of Happy Days that I used to listen to growing up. Oh, wow. So it's interesting how the pieces of the puzzle come together, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so I stayed in that class for several years. That's where I met Fletcher and Tanakas and a lot of the session singers that I still know today. Yeah. And that was, you know, 17 years ago. Wow. So, and in that class, not 
not only did I meet Stan, but Stan introduced me to Sally Stevens, who hired me for a job the next week when I met her. And she was one of those people that I had contacted along with all the other contractors for years mm-hmm. and never got, I mean, some of them responded, but they didn't, you know, it was, you sound great or this, thanks for sending it. We'll use you when we can use you. But I was never right. hired through sending out a demo. Mm. I was hired because Stan introduced me to somebody and said, Sally, you need to hear this guy and hire him. So the next week she hired me for my first film. And that kind of opened up the door to the session world, you know? Wow. And then he told me, one of the things he told me to do was there was this group called six wave. He said, you should go join this, this acapella group. It's a jazz acapella group. Well, again, I was like, I didn't really move here to sing acapella. I want to do session work. <laughs> but he said, you know what? You need to just do it. Go go yeah. be a part of this group. Go audition. If you get in, you're going to work with session people. Yeah. Um, so I did. I auditioned. I didn't make it the first time. Then they called me back several months later because the guy left. And I met my closest friend still to this day in that group and session singers that I still work with to this day. So the moral of all those little stories is finally just, you know, saying yes to every opportunity that comes along, even though it may not be the exact thing that you want to do. Yeah. Even like when the class ended, um, Stan was retiring. I took it for several years just because it was, it was a lot of fun and we were meeting class guests and um, honing my craft. When he left, he told me, he said, Gerald, why don't you, why don't you teach this? Why don't you keep this going? Mm. And I was like, uh, I didn't really move to LA to teach science. <laughs> so you, you hear a, a similar yeah. story keeps coming up. And, but then yeah. I thought, you know what, why not? I'm not working yet. I'm, I'm, yeah. you know, I've been here for years. I'm ready to kind of throw in the towel and go back home. Mm-hmm. So I started teaching that class and then, you know, here I am 17 years later with thousands of singers, literally, that have come through. And it's yeah. been one of the most amazing experiences I've ever, you know, had. So saying yeah. yes to all those things was what opened the door to me. Sitting at home and sending out demo tapes and, you know, working at the coffee shop was not good. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's... um. Gosh, that's so that's so interesting, you know, how life just happens that way. Would you say that then um, is making a demo worthwhile? The demo's worthwhile only if only after you've met the person that you need to meet. So, for instance, Mm. you have to have some kind of introduction, some kind of referral or something like that to the person that's hiring who when you meet them and they go, oh, do you have anything for me to hear? You say, of course I do. Okay. You know, now, now with social media, it's kind of, it's different. You know, you submit an MP3 or whatever, but just the cold calling factor from yeah. what I, from my experience and from everybody that I know with yeah. maybe one or two exceptions, it didn't happen that way. Yeah. I, you had to, mm-hmm. you have to be heard. You have to be, you know, I tell my students, you have to get out and sing in every group that you can possibly sing in and sing mm. in every church choir and community choir and mm. 
you know, classes and you have to be known, you have to be seen, you have to be mm-hmm. out there doing your craft so that people, cause people talk, you know, it's a small town, it's a huge city, but it, in that way, it's a small right. circle. Yeah. yeah so. so what's on a, I'm sure every, anybody listening will be wondering, what do you feel uh, makes for a good demo? Um, well, it's changed. I think now what makes the best demo is really short because people's everything is just we're at a faster pace Mm -hmm. and it has to be what you do the very best. Mm. So when I, when I first got in, it was all about um, you had to do everything because it was like 40 or 50 people that did all of the work in town, whether it was the gospel choir or the classical stuff. Mm -hmm. And they were very versatile it was just a different world. They did sessions all day, every day. It was just a different time. Um, but now with the internet access to everything and to everybody, if they want a Spanish singer, they go find a Hispanic singer. Right. You know, that's just an example, but they, you want to put at the beginning of the, you know, right at the front, what you've done. And what I tell my students is what is, what did, what have you done your whole life? Mm. Like somebody comes in and they say, well, I want to put together a demo and I would love to do this Sarah Barella song. And I my first question is, what have you sung the most of your entire life? Mm. And if they say musical theater, I was like, well, don't put this, don't put Sarah Bareilles on there then. But put musical theater, if you, theater or if you've sung R&B your whole life, then put that down. Or you know, whatever it is you do and you do the best, put that first and don't stray far from it because they somehow now, I think if you've got 10 completely different styles, they don't know where to categorize you. They don't know what folder to put you in, you know, cause the contractors, and I know several of them where they, they get hundreds, literally hundreds of submissions all the time. And they have to find some way, especially now with social media and, and inter, you know the internet, they have to find some way to to put you in a place where, okay, I need a gospel singer or I need, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I would say very short demo. Do what you do best. Do not try any more. I don't think to to try to encompass all the styles. Maybe a two or three. Mm. That's, that are sort of close to what you do and um and assume that the, the person listening is going to get through maybe 20 30 seconds oh wow yeah because Jesus. i've sat i've sat with contractors and listened through demos i mean everybody's just so pressed for time and you think well why couldn't somebody listen to a two-minute demo well you have to mm. think that they've got you know 45 other ones other emails right. the same yeah. thing mm-hmm. so they're going to make up their mind really fast right at the beginning um mm. yeah within within seconds they're they're like even if you're great they're going to say oh wow this person's really good let me put them in this this is a fantastic soulful song and put them in that folder and then they're going to sort of vet you meaning it's rare that somebody just hires somebody out of the blue like mm. I, I, if it's, I don't know if it's Maxie Anderson or Tim Davis or any of these people out here that want to hire a new person, they're going to ask around. Like they might have gotten the demo through email or something, 
they want to they want to kind of vet you and see right. are you involved in town are you um out there honing your craft are you dependable do you show up on time are you yeah. fun to hang out with you know all that mm -hmm. stuff makes such a huge difference and they're going to find out and they want to know that you you're really in it for the yeah. for the long haul so if you just got into town yesterday they're probably not going to just throw you on a job right it's just a different it's a different world now yeah mm. Yeah. And, and where do you find vocal contractors? You know what you, like what I told you earlier, there was, there used to be a black book, right. uh, literally that you could buy. Um, but now you can Google it or, you know, I, when anybody asks, I send them the list. It's no secret who, who the main contractors are in town. Mm. Um, and I'll, I'll just send them a list of everybody I know that contracts. Mm. Um, because I think the contractors appreciate it too. Sometimes I feel like they get a little bombarded, but they want to know who the new talent is. Mm. You know? They want to know and have as many contacts as they can because they're filling jobs for composers and projects and artists. Mm. Stuff like that. Are there lots of jobs? That's the million dollar question. <laughs> Um, I think there's tons of jobs. I think they're mm. just different from, mm. I think there's less union jobs, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but there's probably more work now than ever. Yeah. So there's, al there's always an option and there's always a ton of opportunities. It's just may not be doing a ton of film work, for instance, mm -hmm. in the way that they used to do it. Because now, unfortunately, they can go overseas and do it for really cheap. Mm. Um, they can use the technology has gotten fantastic. Um, so yeah, it's it's mm. just a different it's a different time. <laughs> yeah, what would you say, um, just in general, is the the hardest thing you've ever gone through, and and what do you what did you do to overcome it? That's the hardest thing. Um, I guess for me, I'm, I'm, I don't know if shy is the right word, but I'm, I'm not the person that, that's says, here I am, mm -hmm. you know, listen to me. And the hardest thing I've had to come over is just to be bold mm. to overcome is, is, is to not, is to just trust people, trust the universe, and mm. trust that, that I, the talent that I have is going to carry me where I need to go. Because mm. for a long time, I was, you know, I was just not the person to stand up and sing at a party, for instance. Yeah. Or, you know, I was trying to be sort of, quote, humble, but that's, that's not going to get you the job, really. Yeah. Um, so it took me a long time to just start putting myself out there and then show up on jobs and and just go for it. It's very it's a very vulnerable place. Yeah. When you're hired to do, um, sometimes it's not it, they're not hiring you for your voice as much as they're hiring your ability to to do what they need for that specific project. Mm. You know, and you've got producers and you know, if you're doing a national commercial, you're probably, you've probably got the owner of the company or one of the representatives sitting in the booth and it's a lot of pressure. 
Mm. Yeah. So to, to get through that barrier, which just takes time. And, and I think for me, I always feel like I'm about 10 years behind everybody else in that way. Cause mm. I didn't really get started until my thirties. And I think part of it was, I was just, I didn't throw myself out there like I should have in the mm. beginning. Mm. I was being a little bit too careful and I was being, um, I was waiting for the exact thing that I wanted. Mm. And it's all these other pieces like the sight singing classes, like my yeah. vocal, vocal studio that led me to more session work and mm-hmm. open that world more. So, Isn't that, that is just like how life seems to work. I mean, just the how and the what are kind of, out of your hands, you know? Yeah, it is. You, you, you kind of make your plans and you start walking mm-hmm. and you may run into a roadblock and turn right. And then you go down that road and you just keep, you know, but you're not, you'll never know until you get out there and start walking. Yeah. What would you say um, was the toughest gig you've ever had where you were just like, <laughs> cause we've all had those gigs where it's just like, Oh my God, you know? And then how did you sort of come back from it? Oh, the toughest. Oh my God. The toughest gig. I, I would say. Hmm. I had to do, this was early on. Mm-hmm. I, I was doing a live recording. There was a Japanese group that came over to shop a musical mm-hmm. and record the musical so that they could, they could go around and try to get this musical like signed on to Broadway or to wherever. So there was a group of us and I don't know, maybe 12 and we were in the recording studio recording the parts live while they, while these six or eight uh, people from Japan were sitting on in these chairs, like listening. So it was really high pressure. I was doing a duet with Steve Amerson at the time. And I had a high C sharp or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I had done it perfectly every time in the rehearsal. And, you know, the nerves got the best of me in in that situation. Mm. So we went to, we went to sing this part at the end. It was like 16 counts and it was crazy, you know, kind of crazy music anyway but um and it just it didn't come out it sounded like somebody had stepped on a puppy's foot it was it was really (laughs) horrible and I remember just feeling so like I was embarrassed and my career's over I remember the conductor was looking down at the time and looked up at me with this horrible look on her face and then just put her head back down like there's nothing we can do right now we're we're recording we're recording live to, oh, to wow. CD. You know, it's not like we're doing yeah. a take and then. Oh dear. Like, you know, like a regular session. Yeah. So we were recording this live CD of this musical. Oh. And so, you know, yeah. luckily afterwards they let me go back in and pop that note in there. But, um, and it was so obvious and so embarrassing that one of the other singers on the job looks at, she leans up and looks at me and just mouthed, I love you, but you know, didn't say it out loud, which made me think, Oh my God, that was horrible. <laughs> but that was probably, I would say because it was a live recording and we were, 
being watched by the people that were trying to make millions of dollars off of it and stuff like that. That was probably the, that was probably the toughest job and the most embarrassing situation I've ever had to deal with. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. And I was a newbie at the time. So, yeah. you know, I'm trying to impress at the time. And yeah, it was not, it definitely put me in my place. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I said somebody the other day I, uh, that singing can be the great leveler, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's really... a very vulnerable place. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So tell me about um, uh, teaching Al Pacino how to sing. That, wow, that was, uh, that kind of came out of the blue. I got a call and said they need someone to go to his home for about four months, several times a week. Mm. Um, would you do it? And I said, sure. I mean, of course I'll do it. I was nervous about it, but, and then I made the mistake of watching two of his movies the night before mm -hmm. just to sort of get, uh, familiar with his personality. Um, so that kind of, you know, made me a little more nervous, but anyway, long story short, I showed up and they had already gotten rid of two other voice teachers that he just didn't like. And I don't, I don't know why they told me that, but they did, which <laughs> was even more pressure. Yeah. So, and, you know, and the fact of, of who he is, you have to kind of put that aside and think, oh, I've got a job to do right now. So I, there was a, there was the directors and the assistants and all these people in the room. And I literally asked the, the director, I said, do you mind? is it any way possible for all of you guys to leave and just leave me in here with him by myself? I said, you know, you can be in the next room. I don't know if that's a possibility, but he's nervous. You guys are nervous. I'm nervous. And this yeah. is, you know, that's... and he did. Mm -hmm. And he did. He, he, they all left. And I literally, I started um, doing exercises with him and he goes, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do those exercises. <laughs> <laughs> And so I thought, oh, no. So what are we going to do? So I just started singing songs. And, and I said, you know what? I said, Mr. Pacino, what do you like to sing? And so I started playing songs that he likes to sing. And he started singing along with me. And I thought, okay, mm -hmm. so we did this for the first lesson or two. Just, mm -hmm. to, get, just to get him loosened up and, and mm -hmm. comfortable with me. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it was great. I mean, we... We be became pals in a way because I was there at his home for months, you know. Mm. And then when he went on set for this um, Danny Collins, the movie, I was on, I was in all, you know, on the, off the stage while he was doing all those singing roles and he'd come off the stage and, you know, we'd talk a little bit and stuff. So it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Wow. And that was, that was, you know, that came from Jamila again, me. You know, I had an opportunity to start teaching early on out here and, mm -hmm. and, you know, somebody said, will you teach me voice? And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm really not a voice teacher, but yeah, I'll do that. And I started, you know, it just started building another, mm -hmm. another student, another student, another student. And down the road, I ran into a student who's a, a good friend of mine now who had nodules and I didn't know what to do about that. I mean, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really trained to be mm -hmm. a voice teacher. Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know, if I'm going to do this and make this part of my 
career, I better go back to school. So I went to IVA and got certified and, and learned how the voice works and all that kind of stuff. So, and then I, you know, now I work with Dr. Rena Gupta mm-hmm. to work with, you know, it's turned into a pretty incredible experience um, to, to know, now know what I'm doing when for a while, I guess when, when we all start teaching, we just kind of teach what we know, you know? Right. What is IVA? Uh, Institute for Vocal Advancement. Mm. Um, it's based out of Vegas and it's an incredible, it's an incredible program to, to learn how to, they, the whole system is teaching teachers how to teach. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, so you really do know, like, you know, chest voice and head voice and all the terms and how the mm-hmm. voice works and breath works and what, you know, when somebody walks in a room and tells you their name before they even start singing, I'm already analyzing their voice. Oh, wow. So that, you know, by the time they open up and start singing, I've already, I can already tell they have nodules or they have polyps or they have, or it sounds like they have you know, dysphonia or, you know, there's a ton of, ton of things that people get, but, um, but me just kind of being open to saying, yes, this is, uh, you know, this is something I'll do. And then pouring my a hundred percent into it Wow. and getting trained has turned into another piece of the pie of my career for me to where mm-hmm. I've, you know, worked with a ton of people and, you know, worked with Dina Menzel and Val Kilmer, and I just finished working with Aladdin, who, um, in the movie that's coming out next month, I worked with him for several months. So it's been, it's been very rewarding and very, it's very, very humbling. Like one, one example was, I'll never forget, I was in my studio in Santa Monica, and the guy, uh, Toto, from the group Toto, Mm-hmm. They, David Page and Joseph Williams came to study with me to get ready for their tour. Um, and I, again, had listened to Toto in high school. And I used to That's listen so to them cool. in the car between classes. And oh, my gosh. So weird. And sing all those songs. And here they come in and I'm thinking in my head, okay, what am I going to teach them? You know, th- these guys have been around for years and I'm sure they have access to all the, you know, top voice teachers and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But they, but somebody referred them to me. Mm. And I remember David, he walked in one day and sat down at the piano and he started, he wrote uh, Africa and sang it. And he, he sat down and started playing. Dun, 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 dun. Oh my gosh. And I remember thinking, this just, I must be dreaming. This just can't be happening. Wow. I, I'm going to have to, <laughs> but so long story short, I taught mm. them, I helped them gain back the sound they had when they were younger Mm. so that that they could go back on tour. So it was a a very validating experience for me. And again, just another, uh, another example of me being open to whatever comes along, even though that wasn't session singing, you know? Wow. But it's become something that I do. That's, it's so rewarding. It's and I've the opportunities that I've been afforded by doing it to travel and coach all kinds of people, it's so all ages, everything. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. So, um, you know, this is something that I had that I'd been toying with uh, over the past couple of 
months. And I will, you know, I'm going to be like really vulnerable here and say, mm-hmm. I, um, I'd been asked to teach, you know, I've been asked by people to give them voice lessons, you know, here and there over the years. And uh, when I had done it, it was so, um, I would say for me, I feel like I've, um, you know, got good technique and I can always get myself together. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be difficult to understand what to tell someone, you know, being outside mm-hmm. of their body and knowing what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even realize until this year that you could, because I'd been doing a little bit of research, that you could actually learn how to be a vocal coach. I had no, I didn't know that was a, a thing. I didn't know that was. Yeah. A, well, it, like, where yeah, it is. It is. A, it is a thing. And it's, I think it's important. I mean, it, there's nothing more rewarding to me than teaching. Yeah. In, in, in that sense to see somebody overcome something or mm-hmm. win an audition or, you know, just, just one of their box checklist bucket checklist, you know, mm-hmm. um, but to, but then on top of that, to really know what you're doing, because for a long time, I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. You need to take a deep breath and yeah, you need to hold your head straight, but those are very minor basics. Mm-hmm. And you're, it's like you just mentioned, you're, you're dealing with somebody's, a part of a, their body that you mm-hmm. cannot see. You cannot, yeah. it's not like, it's not like you can tell somebody, okay, move your, move your middle finger or move your thumb. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're trying to control something that you can't see and it's full of emotion and blood and mm. energy and you know i never forget there was one student that i had and there was a note that they just couldn't hit and i knew they had it but i mm. could not figure out forever forever mm. and i tried every exercise i called other teachers when i when i run into something like that i called my teacher or other teachers mm. and finally one day i got up and I got up from the piano and I walked around and I noticed that their arm was held down by their side and their fist was just as tight as it could be. Oh. And so I shook their arm and made them walk around. And, and basically it was something that simple, but mm. you know, you, uh, that comes, I guess, with experience. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, part of our, part of our training is, is it, it's, it's not all about, Ah, you know, it's not all about that. There's Mm -hmm. so much more. There's sometimes it even becomes therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. I've cried through a few voice lessons. Let me tell you. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Well, and I I think you, to to teach, Jamila, I think is, you'll, you know, because I don't know, there's some, when you mention teaching, a lot of people that I say, to why don't you teach they're like no yeah and i i get it i i remember that time but it is really amazing when you you you're able to have an impact on somebody's life and their career and their voice yeah Yeah. i mean you work out so much more it's like you're saying you work out so much more than just your voice i think um there's some, you know, there's emotional stuff come that comes up and, you know, I'll I'll say like really quickly. And I I wonder if you've had this experience. I I was working with um, a coach last summer. Um, He works with Stephen Memel. I don't know if you know him, but he 
uh, worked with a lot of actors and stuff, and I kind of wanted to layer in that that uh, aspect to my work because I'm not uh-huh. I don't really consider myself an actress, and and I was kind of wondering, uh-huh. you know, so I I did some, book some lessons with him, and I was doing a song. We're analyzing it. I'd say you know we probably spent more time talking, you know, through stuff than um, than uh, singing really. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause that psychological part was really needed. And, um, so I'm, uh, anyway, I finally get to, we're singing the song and I've got a, a high note that I need to hit. No, it wasn't necessarily high. It was just kind of big and loud, kind of high, but you know, and in the past I'd sung it perfect, fine, sung it, sung mm-hmm. it, you know, several times. And then I, but lately, you know, I would say for like a year, and it's not really a song that I performed in public, really. It was just something that I kind of did to work out with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't getting that note. And I had gone to another coach prior to him, and I wasn't getting that note. And that coach was just like, oh, well, let's, let's just lower it. And I was just like, I was like, we could lower the whole song. But I was, I was thinking, you know, there's other songs where I'm singing higher notes. So right. what about this song? Right. Um, you know, I think it's this song and I think there's something, some kind of psychology around the whole thing, you know, mm-hmm. and I need to get to, so long story short, I'm, you know, <laughs> is we, so I'm in the lesson with him. I get to that note. It's really difficult. I'm not hitting it. It's, there's no ease. And then we stop and we talk through it and just psychology you know just a great psychologist that he is we talk stuff I was like we bring stuff comes up that I thought I dealt with a long time ago Mm -hmm. and then we go back and we sing I sing the song and the note note comes out perfectly fine yep and I'm just like wow I was like that's it but I needed to have the right conversation or I needed the right guide or something you know to get me there I think you know, that's the, those are the depths that you can get with, you know, in a voice lesson, it seems like such a simple thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just so profound, you know. Yeah. There's so many pieces to the puzzle. Everything from what you eat to how much sleep you got to acid reflux to did you, did you talk really loud in the bar last night to, you know, did your, did you just lose your mom? Mm. you know there's uh, there's so much more there than than the voice itself because it's just an extension of everything that's going on in your life Mm -hmm. i think you know what's interesting is there is no secret in other words i hear people all the time like well i i want to take from celine dion's teacher or i want to sing i want to take from lady gaga's teacher you know what I'm saying? Because they think that number one, there's some secret that some teacher has that nobody else does. And it does, it's not, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's vocal health, no different than there's some basics about just being healthy, go, you know, exercise and eat right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's all these different ways to get there, but there's some very basic things like that. Yeah. Um, and the other piece of that is, if you heard my best student, you would think I was the best teacher in the world. Mm. If you heard my worst student, you would never refer anybody to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. the only way you can tell 
the, I think the best judgment on a voice teacher is to know a student of theirs and know their progress from point A to point B. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Because then you know, I mean, somebody can walk in your studio and just sound absolutely amazing. You've not done anything with them. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they don't even need a voice lesson. I say that to say people, I think, kind of hunt around. Mm-hmm. They, go, they go from voice teacher to voice teacher thinking they're either going to be discovered or they're going to mm-hmm. be, uh, they're going to find this one teacher that's going to make them sound like Jennifer Hudson. Mm-hmm. You know, when they don't have a voice like Jennifer Hudson. It's just you, you, you want to find a teacher that you connect with. Yeah. And I think the most important teacher is the teacher that, like you mentioned earlier with, with your experience about the note not coming out, is somebody that's intuitive enough mm-hmm. to figure out the situation, whether it's a vocal, a, a strictly vocal thing, or if it may have to do with something they mentioned when they walked in the door that they had just witnessed a, wet, a wreck on the road or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the teacher's ability to really connect with that person. Yeah. And different, different personalities click differently. Like right. somebody might come to me and they really click with me and somebody else may come to me and not click with me at all. And it has nothing to do with whether I did something wrong or right. It's just, it's not the right personality match. Right. And one teacher may say something to you that just clicks in your head, like pretend like you have an apple in the back of your throat or whatever, you know. Mm. different teachers have different methods and you you have to you know find that personality right you know but then you have to settle in on somebody and do the work like i have students that come in and i can see it in their eyes when they walk in the door they're there for one lesson for whatever mm. that for whatever reason that is they're there for one lesson and then there's others that come in and they're there for three years. And mm. I know I know a lot depends on how much you can afford and stuff. But even if you come once every month or once every two months and be consistent, the mm-hmm. process of growing your voice to its maximum capacity is you have to do the work. It's like working out at the gym. You're not going to do it in one session. Right. And people think there's this magic pill or this magic teacher that's going to just transform their voice overnight it just does not happen yeah i guess um i got one last uh question for you you know just to i know that there was a time where maybe you you know you were working and working and working and and you know kind of saying yes to all the right the wrong things and then finally you know things clicked for you um what would you say to that, um, you know, that singer who's kind of been toiling and maybe feels like, you know, it possibly may not work out and they want to they want to move back to Mississippi? You know, what might you say to them if they were in front of you right now? I would ask them if they've tried if they've tried everything. And a lot of times they, they haven't, mm-hmm. you know, and if I look at examples of singers that I know that have come to town from all walks of life, from wealth and from poor, from you name it. But, and, but they were willing to do the work. They took the voice lessons. They took the classes. They put together their one-woman show or they got their demo done. They went to the singer meetings. They went to the singer breakfast. They 
you just have to, you got to get out there and try everything. And until you've tried everything, you don't know. Mm. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you know, sadly, a lot of singers, will, they'll send out their demo like I did early on and wait three months. Mm-hmm. You know, I ask people all the time, where are you singing? Well, you know, I just moved here from New York, blah, 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 blah. blah. And I'm like, well, you got to, you got to find somewhere you need to go audition or you need to, there's open mic nights all around town mm-hmm. in LA. Go show up. Sing. People need to hear you. You need the experience. Um, so I would say that. I, if mm-hmm. that person were going to move back and just give up, I would, I would make a list and say, have you done all these? And if you haven't, you have to, you have to try. Yeah. And this is, a, this is the, the weirdest part from a teacher perspective is that some people don't have an awareness of their voice, meaning somewhere along the way they thought they had a great voice and maybe they don't. Like, it's like me, trying, me saying, I'm, I, I think I'm a great basketball player. Mm. And if you paid me money, I probably couldn't get it in the hoop. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? I have to have an awareness of what my abilities are and which ones are not there. Mm. And I think some singers, it's, it's kind of rare, but some, I, I've run into one, one or two every once in a while where they don't have an awareness of their talent or their lack of talent. Like, mm. does that make sense? I mean, it's yeah. not like, you don't want to tell somebody that they can't follow their dream, mm-hmm. but if somebody's trying to have a career and they, not, and they can't sing on pitch, then there's an issue there. Right. So that's a tricky one though. That's mm. a hard, that's a hard conversation to have with a, <laughs> with a student. You know, something else I have to say too about kind of the whole process when I look back is one of the things my mom used to tell me was, Gerald, just keep your mouth shut. Mm. And and I, what she meant by that was, if you just listen more, and talk less, you're you're, you'll learn more, and you you'll get in less trouble. And I noticed that people make, especially with social media now and everything, people make comments, and they don't realize that everything is being heard and seen. Mm-hmm. And every comment about a composer or every comment about a job they were on and every comment about everything, a comment about another singer, mm-hmm. maybe it's not in the most positive light. All of that kind of stuff really speaks out and people are watching and listening. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know people that have never shown back up on a job because of situations like that. Mm-hmm. And so to just kind of sit back and take in the situation and make wise choices and don't, don't burn bridges. Like you never know. This has happened so many times in my career where you run into somebody, it may be for one instant and then 20 years later, they hire you for something. Mm. And I'll give you a, a, one of my biggest jobs that this happened for was, I was 19 years old. I went to Estes Park, Colorado to compete in a a national competition. I'm from Yazoo City, Mississippi. I room with four guys. One of them was Tim Davis. He's from, I think he moved moved from Texas. I can't remember exactly where he was from. Mm -hmm. So 
so we randomly were put in this room. I didn't know him at all. I met him. I was with, you know, those other guys that we, we room with in the dormitory mm-hmm. for this competition. We, we were there for a week. I got to know him. Um, we didn't stay in touch. Um, so fast forward 15 years later or so, I'm on a session in, in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And he's standing right next to me. Wow. And and I, I, he looks at me and he goes, I know you. Where do I know you? And I was, we were kind of trying to figure out where. And it was from that competition that we roomed together. Mm. Well, not long after that, he's looking for a tenor that sings light jazz stuff, mm-hmm. right, for, for the Glee show. Well, I was in Six Wave at the time, and that's kind of where I was shining at the time, I guess, wow. so to speak. And he hired me for that job for six, five seasons. You know what I mean? Wow. So that if, and I look back, what if I had really pissed this guy off, you know, mm. or just had, had comments make like um, not very positive comments about things where he just got an impression of me of, you know, a bad impression of me. Mm. And it's just, it's like one of many, many, many situations where everybody you meet along your journey is part of the equation or part of the pie of how your career fits together. Yeah, And you, and you have to be really wise about what you say and how you treat those people. And a lot of times if you're asked your opinion, sometimes it's better just to not give it. I think. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because, you know, you just never know. I mean, Mm -hmm. the the way those things have have worked out and it's just amazing. It's like it's like it's like a a movie when you look back and see how all the people that you ran into in this situation, this situation ends up being a part of one of those roads later, you know, later in your career. Yeah, so true. This was really awesome, Daryl. Thank you so much. That was awesome. I love that. Love well, that. thank you. This has been, it's very validating to do something like this. You, we often get caught in our, mm. you know, we're, we're so f- busy looking ahead. Yeah. Or, or we're hearing of something we're not on <laughs> or a project or whatever. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to sit and be grateful. So I appreciate the opportunity for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm honored that, uh, that you agreed to do it. And I love having you on. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. It's great to talk to you. You too. Oh my gosh, you guys, how much did you enjoy that? So much valuable information, so much great insight. I loved this. This was so much good stuff. All right. So everybody, you can find Gerald online at lasightsinger.com. There you can find out about the workshop and also you can practice sight singing online. It's very cool. Um, so that's a great resource. Um, let's see. And then also music one-on-one. That's music, the number one, O-N, and then the number one, music one-on-one.com for voice lessons, etc. And also uh, Institute for Vocal Advancement where uh, Gerald attended school. Um, their website is vocaladvancement.com. 
So that all looks great. I'm certainly going to look into that because I am interested in teaching. So, okay, so we've got the singing lessons. Number one, say yes to every opportunity that comes along, even though it may not be the exact thing you want to do. Number two, the demo is worthwhile only after you've met the person that you need to meet. The best demo is really short and has to be what you do the very best. Don't stray too far from the style that you do. Number three, assume that the person listening to your demo is going to get through 20 to 30 seconds. They make up their mind really fast. Number four, you have to get out and sing in every group that you can possibly sing in. You have to be seen, you have to be known, you have to be out there doing your craft. Number five, it's rare that someone just hires someone out of the blue. They will vet you. Are you are you out there honing your craft? Are you dependable? Do you show up on time? Are you fun to hang with? That fun that fun to hang with can be everything, folks. Um, number six, vocal contractors want to know who the new talent is. Number seven, the voice is an extension of everything that's going on in your life. Yes, so true. Number eight, don't burn bridges. Number nine, you have to be wise about what you say and how you treat people. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, it's so simple, yet so complicated, yet so simple. You know what I mean? (laughs) I love it. Such great advice. So you can download these singing lessons for free in a cheat sheet in the show notes for this episode. Um, So we've got listener shout outs. So today's listener shout out goes to Tiffany Abril. She says, Jamila, love, love, love your podcast. You inspire me and I just needed you to know that. Keep up the amazing work. Thank you, Tiffany. That is so nice of you. It's so nice to hear. Um, Thank you for listening. I really, really appreciate it. And guys, send your comments to Jamila at JamilaFord.com. That's J-A-M-I-L-A-F-O-R-D.com. And I'll shout you out. I will shout you out on the show. Love to hear from you. So also join the Facebook group. Um, I started a Facebook group just to kind of just to support you listeners and all you singers, you singerpreneurs <laughs> and um, like the Working Singer Facebook page. And you can find all of that under the Working Singer podcast. Just go into Facebook and uh, type it into your search. Also follow me on Instagram at Jamila Ford Music. And I've also got a website, JamilaFord.com. And, um, you know, just take a few moments to share um, to share this episode or another episode with a friend. It really does help the podcast. And, you know, it's just a resource I've created for um, for singers. And it's, you know, gone above and beyond uh, what I've expected. It's just really uh, certainly expanded me and my life. And, you know, I, I would love that for everybody else. And so, you know, it just takes a few minutes to take this uh, share this episode Um, with somebody you think could use it so wonderful you guys it was so great to connect with you again today Um, it's always so wonderful to hear from you so find me on facebook instagram visit the website all of it all of the social medias Um, and i love you i appreciate you and i will talk to you next week